Welcome to Elements of Styles, the business podcast that trades in scarce thinking for community, conversation, and ideas in abundance. Each week, I, Mark Styles, sit with professionals and entrepreneurs, both local and global, and learn how they each add value to their communities, their partners, and their teams. Please enjoy. Hey, folks, we're going to mix it up a little bit today. Recently, I was asked by the Boston Chapter of Entrepreneurs Organization to host their podcast. That podcast is called Leadership in Action. Check it out. Here is an episode that I recently hosted. Hey, folks, welcome back to Leadership in Action, your podcast for your chapter of EO here in Boston, Massachusetts. Very excited to have our guest today. He is a passionate serial entrepreneur and marketing executive. He's been a member with EO for over 15 years. He served as president in his native Barcelona chapter, as well as here in our Boston chapter. He co-founded and grew Palomita Technologies as a co-CEO while leading marketing and sales and turned it into a worldwide leader in business process management software, which was then acquired by Red Hat, now IBM, in 2012. Co-founded B. Combinator, the leading accelerator and startup investor in Southern Europe for B2B and B2B, B2C, SaaS, AI, and generative AI startups. Oh, we're going to talk a lot about that. He's also the leader of the artificial intelligence MyEO AI group in all of EO, where over 850 entrepreneurs learn and thrive with AI. Did I mention who this was? This is none other than Luis Cortez. Welcome to the podcast, Luis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. Thank you for that welcoming. I hope I did it. Sorry. Go ahead. I'm I'm so excited to be here talking about all these with all my brothers and sisters in EO. And yeah, you did a great job. That was a lot of research on my LinkedIn profile. <laughs> I hope so. I hope I did you the honor because you are a, a, a huge contributor here in the Boston chapter. And I want to I wanna honor and respect that. So as we begin with all of our podcasts, we ask the same question. What is the most valuable lesson you've learned while running a business, Luis? Oh, wow. That's, that's, that's great. That's a great question. You know, probably one of my favorites is that big problem is nothing more than a small problem that wasn't properly handled at the time. Mm. And I see this over and over. You know, sometimes you have, you know, it can be anything. It could be a person that consistently doesn't have good results, even though they say they are doing what they love and everything and for some reason at some point they didn't get the right enablement or they were put in a they're the right person but they're not sitting in the right seat of the bus right and that should have been fixed like two years ago instead of everybody trying to make it work for like two years of misery if you will right so yeah i don't know where i read that or who i learned it from i'm grateful for for that lesson but yeah that's that's one of the many things that i think i've learned while building a business so how do you teach that lesson? That's so very important lesson. Well, you know, sometimes we are just, my experience at least, right, is so many things happening at the same time, so many decisions. We entrepreneurs are 
entrepreneurs working more in in our business instead of that on our business, right? As we say, so stepping from time to time and taking a look at you know we are dismissing this because it looks like it's not important, but if this continues like this, where's it gonna be like six twelve months from now, right? So trying to a little bit to project something like that that can help identify those those problems, and you know the the time when someone or or a group is like I wouldn't say complaining, but definitely making a deal about something, that something needs to be tackled right there, right now, right? Otherwise, you know, you're risking letting it grow under, until it's just this big, ugly, pink elephant that is in the room, right? Little um, little problems become big problems, right? So, yes. so pulling back, what's the symptom? What's really, what's really at issue here? Pay attention, keep your antenna up for those, those signals and uh, address, nip it in the bud. As they say, yes, and yeah, don't 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 be lazy. Trying, you know, hoping that things will kind of sort out by themselves. I'm talking talking by experience. I've made. I'm I'm guilty. I'm the most guilty entrepreneur in the planet for letting things pester. So it's not that I do any, but at least you know, sometimes it's like, is this going to become a big problem, and should we kind of tackle it right now? That's what we do. We share experiences, right? Mm -hmm. That's all we can. That's all we can do. And no, I'm with you on that. Are there any AI solutions to avoid that? (laughs) Nice segue for you. (laughs) Exactly. Well, you you know, you can you can train bots with all sorts of documents and and things out there. It's very easy to do these days. So you actually get an assistant that will help you with that. I haven't seen one for that, but I don't think it would be too complicated to come up with a question for chat gpt or bard or bing that would help us think about you know how would you identify a small problem that may become a big one and if you identify it how do you go about it so i'm I'm sure there may be ways but i don't think ai will solve that it will give you hints it will help you think maybe so ai my impression with what's going on right now is that it's a great assistant it's a co-pilot it's going to help you you know, go get to the roots of problems, maybe support you with decision making, but man, humans are still at the at the at the wheel now for now. Oh yeah. So I want to express my gratitude for you and your team putting together that amazing presentation that learning chair Dave Will helps put together for our chapter. And folks, if you're missing out on these you're missing out on a, a huge, huge value proposition for EO, and that's these learning and events. And and Luis put together one for AI. I wanted to show you something real quick. I brought a prop. Are you ready? Oh, come on. So after that event, I was blown away by some of the, the comparisons and some of the, you know, what ifs and where are we going with it? And I was at my in-laws house and look what oh. is in there. <laughs> That's so, a great one. Yeah, yeah. For those 90% of you who are listening and not and not watching, I, I showed Luis this old-fashioned uh, calculator, the ones where you you punch in the numbers and you pull down the handle and you go through that all day long. Right. And they showed a slide of an entire row of people doing that. And then they said, and then there's an entire floor of those people. And now visualize an entire building of people doing that same thing, punching in the keys, pulling that handle right here. And now all of that is one CSV spreadsheet. 
So what happens in AI? So we have the fear mongers out there. Oh my goodness, all of the jobs are going to be eliminated. What are we going to do? This is going to be the end of it. Let's hear the other side of that. Well, it's not, not only not the end of it, but this is just going to mm -hmm. take us into a new age, a new wave of productivity and, and gains for, for the economy and for people. Uh, at least I'm a great believer on that, of that. And just two, two data points here, right? So believe it or not, 60% of every job that exists today didn't exist back in 1940. Wow. I think, think, I, think about that for a minute, right? So 60% of six out of every 10 people working today do something that didn't even exist, which need wasn't even there like 80 years ago, right? And we have, what, 8 billion people now in the planet, something like that. So why why this this renovation in employment has come out of technology of course right so now we have machines picking up crops instead of people and we have spreadsheets doing work instead of people just pulling handles right so that's basically every person we're now way more productive than way before we live way better now so standard of living has raised across the planet and health conditions and the minimum wages. There's still, of course, big gaps in many countries, but everybody's a little bit better than it was like many, many years ago. So from that perspective, AI is just another wave in technology. You can think like, you know, 30 years back when we started talking about the internet and most of us got in there like, what, 20 years back or something? The internet just created a whole bunch of new jobs that didn't exist before, right? Like graphic yeah. design and programmers and... So many people doing crazy things about around the internet and then mobile apps, the same thing, right? So all of a sudden, new way of, of using everything is not a, no longer a computer, which by the way, only started like in 1981, like 50 years ago, right? Now we have smartphones and this created new jobs and probably also got rid of a few other jobs. So this is just ongoing. And I believe AI is going, is basically a, a great assistant that gives people superpowers. So each of us, can now, again, to our earlier point, right? Make better decisions, be more informed about things, be more productive, be more creative. And that is just going to expand the value we add to businesses. Businesses will be able to grow more, make more money, hire more people because they're growing. So I, I see this as a, as a virtual circle, not as a vicious one. Yeah, you know, so, so many people have this two-way path, right? It's either going to be utopia or it's going to be dystopia. I see that this is is the the new revolution, right? AI revolution, the AI, you know, the industrial revolution, the agriculture revolution, the tech revolution, AI revolution. It's simply going to change everything, which scares a lot of people when you say things mm -hmm. like that. It's going to change everything, and that's okay. Yes, and 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 the other important thing here to keep in mind is, you know, when they AI is not going to take away anybody's job. But someone that uses AI better than you do, may, right? right? So it's basically about about learning. AI by itself is doesn't have an incentive, doesn't have the ability to come up with goals or do a number of things. It's, that's humans. Now, me without AI versus me with AI, me with AI is going to be X times as more productive, right? So actually, we had in our event, we had Dale Bertrand talking about how the implementation of AI was just producing 30% gains productivity gains and actually EBITDA gains, like money that he could measure, right? More coming into his business, right? And he told us how he was using that 30%, right? So, you know, 10% went for training, 10% went for people experimenting with time. The other 10% was 
focusing on growth of the company, right? So actually everybody's 30% more productive and his business is growing faster, making more money. So everybody wins, right? So now you need to make sure that you you learn and you play with it. You feel the same way that we did with the internet or with smartphones. You know, it's just another step. And of course, if you're 20, it's going to be easier than if you're 70. I get that. But again, technology is easier and easier to work with. So like my dad, he's 90. He just turned 90 in, in October last year, right? Last year was 2023. This is January 2nd, right? And he has his smart, his, his iPhone for a long time. He's got his iPad, he's taking pictures. So, I mean, there's no limits to how easy technology is getting these days. And I don't think AI is going to be different. I don't either. And, it, and it's definitely moving fast. But I love that quote. AI is not going to take your job. Someone who's effectively using AI is going to take your job. And that's an important distinction. That's the delegate to elevate conversation we were having before the show is, do you need to be doing that task? If not, what purposeful task can you be doing while fill in the blank? Somebody else is doing it or the technology is doing it. So I've been having a lot of fun with GPT-4. What are, what are some of the things that people might not know about with AI right now? So again, let's timestamp it for those folks listening. It's January 2nd, 2024. We simply turned the calendar to another year. I can't believe it's 24, by the way, Luis. Can you believe that? Yep. But let's timestamp that. GPT-4 is now here and we're able to play with it, work with it, utilize it. What, what, what's out there that people may not know about that you want to share with us? So I think probably people have gotten used to asking things to, to chat GPT and to other bots like you know, Bard or Bing or, or Claude from Anthropic, some others. I think there's probably two things. One is these apps, these bots, they are not just like a, a Q&A agent that you just ask and receive, you can dialogue with them, okay? So this, you can turn every prompt, every question into a conversation with it. So you you ask for something, you get a response. And you can, okay, so I didn't quite like that. Change the second sentence to be more incisive, more friendly, or more highlighted, or whatever. It will change it. Okay, now change the order. Now, or you're asking for a summary of a meeting, right? Dig down into the third point. What do you think the author thought about this and this and this. You can have a dialogue to get as deep as you want into whatever conversation you're having with it. And I think that's uh, that's something that sometimes people overlook, but that is, uh, I think that's very helpful. And help me understand the companies that are propping up and coming out and in essence, overlaying chat GPT, right? So they're simply creating a service that is the foundation is ChatGPT, right? Because it's open. Yes. Everyone has access to all of the computer inter-depth things that I don't really fully understand, but they it is open access to mm-hmm. anyone to utilize and, in essence, connect with other applications, right? Exactly. So, and, and it's not too difficult to actually use that power even without programming, because you can you can now build your own assistants, your own GPTs, as they call them, without any programming programming at all. And if you have someone in your business that is that you know that's a programmer, in you know Python is a very popular 
computing program that developers use to work with uh, with ChatGPT, but anything that can talk to an API, basically an application programming mm-hmm. interface, you can connect it and build your own applications very, very easily. So, you know, something you could do, for instance, is many companies actually record their customers' calls. And you hear that, you know, this call is being recorded for quality purposes, right? Well, okay, in many cases, they are actually learning from those calls. So actually, if, you know, if any of us entrepreneurs, when we talk to our customers, imagine that you could record every conversation with the customer, right? I'm sorry. You can ask ChatGPT to transcribe it. So something I mentioned at the event, everything that can be text should be text. Why? Because now you can use it to train a bot. You can ask ChatGPT, go through this conversation and identify all the questions that were asked by the customer and put them here with the answers. So what did I answer to that objection from my customer, right? Well, Office, if you do this for like a couple of months, you're going to have, I don't know, hundreds of conversations. You're going to very easily have documented every possible answer to every possible customer question. So now it becomes very easy to go and train your people so they can actually clone you, which is one of our key delegation tasks is how do we make our people as efficient as we are, right? And vice versa, every time we ask the customer and the customer tells us something, we can use that to build our sales training for our salespeople and saying, hey, when these are the questions and answers that we can have with customers, and we can all we can automatically get all that ready just out of recording customer conversations. So this, you know, two years back, three years back, this was almost impossible because the computing power wasn't there. Now to your point, this is open. So the moment you have text, you have a conversation, you have a book, whatever, you can have all this type of conversations and extract wonderful value out of it. Wow. So, you know, I'm seeing these Otter AIs and the Read AIs and the people are joining in with their notes and the summaries are unbelievable for someone who's a high DI to see the 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 summarization of the call and and be able to walk away with it and be like, "Okay, I got this." And I'm I can refer back to it. But taking it to that next step and then teaching teaching the system what we're looking for right the the end solution the the uh mm-hmm. the prize how do we get to the prize and we can keep feeding the machine until we we get it there that's uh exactly. that's fascinating so exactly. there's a lot of really amazing things going on with ai what are some of the things that people want to be careful about i'll tell you one of the things we're sharing with the team as we experiment because that's all we're doing right now is really truly experimenting with it is no names, never ever put a name into chat GTP, uh, GPT and never put any confidential information in there. Obviously, we're asking very generic questions at this point, you know, that that overlay, that introductory research, if you will. But one of the things we're saying is no names, no names to start with. But what else ought people be thinking about? I think that's that's uh, critical. No confidential information if you're using the regular ChatGPT. I think that's one thing. The other thing is to carefully check the answers back to make sure that things kind of uh, align, right? Because it, these models, due to the way they are trained, they will never acknowledge they are making something up. So it, I was just reading two days ago, the lawyers keep including wrong <laughs> information still? that they extracted yes still i mean there was this famous avianca uh, customer that denied that put put a suit to the airline for some right. something happened 
and the lawyer was using ChatGPT to come up with similar cases that, of course, didn't exist, right? So I would say, the, I think the other key thing is exactly that, is just double check on everything that it comes back, just to make sure that it kind of makes sense. Right. The the artificial intern, right? So, you know, you wouldn't be handing a judge the intern's memo without proofreading it and shepherdizing it and making sure exactly. that it, the, the cases actually existed and were were relevant. That's 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 pretty funny. And, and yeah. uh, however, and probably something to your question about things that people don't know is the so ChatGPT had there's an app for it for your iPhone. And it includes image recognition on it. So you can take pictures of things and, you know, you can turn, you can draw something on a whiteboard and ask it to turn it into HTML content and we'll build a web page for you that shows Wow. Or I just used it recently. So for, for, I didn't know whether I could put something on the, on the tumble dryer or not. So I just took a picture of all those little rounds and circles and triangles that I don't know what they mean and that. Thing came back. Don't put it in the tumbled dryer. So I'm a I'm a better wow. moving forward just because of that, right? That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. But wh- I want to go back to the hallucinations that you were referring to, right? So that's what they're calling them, right? That the that the system will give you an answer with confidence, although they've completely made made it up. At what phase do you think that that's going to start to correct itself? I mean, we're at ChatGPT four now is it five is it six is it ten? It's it's really difficult to get rid of that because of the way the models are created. So the basically what what happens in ChatGPT is it's interestingly it's not as intelligent as we think. Right. Basically, what it does it's it's an autocomplete on steroids. You know when you're typing messages on your iPhone on your phone, it will suggest the next word. Right. Sometimes, mm-hmm. well, Chat. GPT is doing that all the time and it's so efficient, so good at it that it builds like whole complete pages and pages of content that make perfect sense that are perfectly organized, et cetera. Now, the problem with that is that it it is not checking. It's just looking for patterns. So if the pattern kind of matches, it doesn't have any knowledge or meaning about what it means. So it just can't check itself. And there's ways of putting guardrails around it. So it kind of reduces the likelihood that it will come up with weird stuff by reducing the creativity that you use with a parameter called the temperature. But even with a very low temperature, results may be, may be better, but will still there, the risk of hallucination is very difficult to, to uh, get rid of. And you would maybe chat GPT six or seven will have like automatic self source check or something like that, that will make sure that nothing is false, right? But then we would get into what's true, what's false, what's fake, who is interested in this or that. Does the COVID vaccine work or not? Well, depending on what you read. So how is ChatGPT going to know whether it works or not? I'm just picking on something random, right? Yeah. So it's it's not an easy problem to fix currently. And there's efforts being made by the by the scientific community, of course, to get there because it's becoming so pervasive that people are trusting the results at mm. face value, right? But it's, it's one of the challenges that we still have with generative AI. I do love how it gives you sources, though. So as you yes. get the response and you can click through and it's a website that maybe I've never seen before. Yes. And, and you can go a little bit deeper. And it's, it's almost acknowledging that, listen, I'm not 100% sure. Here's where I got that information. And 
do your own research, right? Again, yeah. it's a rough draft. That's what right. I keep terming it as. This is a rough yeah, draft. It's exactly. a good start. It's going to break the writer's block. It's certainly going to get the flow going. I mean, we some of the stuff that I've been able to pull out of there is it's it's pretty mind blowing when we ask it for something that I mean, it could take two hours to figure out and right. it spits it out. And it's it's a great start. It's fascinating. And actually, you know, if, if you don't mind, I'm going to take a picture of the screen right now with, yeah. with my phone and we're going to ask it to describe what it's seeing. Yes. So we can have like a, a real time. So now who are you, wh what platform are you going to put this picture into? So I'm just taking a picture with ChatGPT with the app okay. in, my, in my phone. Okay. So this yeah. is a picture. Yeah. Okay. And then I'm just going to ask, describe this image. Okay. So that's what I put. I don't know if yeah. you can read that. Yeah, I can. Okay. And it's coming up. So it's saying the image is a screenshot of a Zoom meeting with two participants. On the left side of the screen, there is a person with a headset in front of a virtual background featuring an eye and words like kind, smart, vision, beautiful, and strong. On the right side, another person is displayed in front of a colorful artistic background that appears to be a flipped cityscape with a QR code and text. Pretty good. It didn't Pretty recognize good, right? that this was the Leadership in Action podcast. That's yeah, it's a, not that not that's that good. A step away. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, can, you can see here, right? That's fantastic. It sees it. It understands but, it. It's yeah, it's and, literal. And it's not, exactly, and it's not just you know. It's this is this can become like a toy or a play. You can play with it, and it's fun. But imagine what it can do for right. people, right? So it can help people with you know limited vision to see. It can help you classify images in your company. It can be used to compare images and see if something's off. I mean, the applications are endless, both for personal and for business purposes. So tell me about B Combinator. So B Combinator is, is, an, uh, is a leading accelerator in, in Southern Europe. So we started, I'm a co-founder there. We started like five years ago, mm -hmm. six years ago, I should say now, because we're 2024. And we started as a co-working space. So we have our own building. We own our building, which is like two minutes away from the beat in Barcelona. We have over 100 hot desks that startups, entrepreneurs can use to terraces on top with barbecues and stuff or parties and letting off streets, stress, right? And then, so we started doing that and we realized how cool it was to work with entrepreneurs. So we started mentoring entrepreneurs just out of the fun of it, right? Well, we started bringing in mentors. That mentor community grew up to 150 mentors. We have way more now. And then we developed incubation and acceleration programs to help startups become businesses and then be able to have a product, sell product, get money from investors, grow internationally, right? One step at a time. This is all inspired by the Lean Startup methodology. And then in addition to years ago, we said, you know what? We should be able to invest in these startups in addition to mentoring them, right? So we raised a venture fund that, uh, that invests in, in pre-seed stages, like very, very early stages. And now we are raising a second fund, a 40 million euro fund that is going to invest in seed and pre-series A stages. Very cool. So how many of those companies are working in the AI space? So we currently have around 40 companies in our portfolio and seven are in the AI space. Wow. What are some of the 
things that they're working on with AI? With AI, so they are working on uh, emotion recognition. So they, they can take a video of your face and then identify micro expressions in your face to see if you're expressing, you know, the basic emotions, you know, fear, disgust, joy, et cetera. And they use that for market research. Yeah. So because sometimes you ask people what they think about something and they say, yeah, I like it, but there's something in their face that is saying that they don't. So this software can help give you a clear image of what they're doing. We have another very cool one that is completely changing the landscape for human resources all the way from recruiting, making sure the persons that we're recruiting have a CV and interviews that kind of match the values of the company. Because I don't know about you, but something that I, I do consistently wrong is I hire too fast and fire too slow, mm. right? So people spend too there's much a time. Solve for, there's an AI solve for this? Well, a, well, yes, because AI will help identify if that person fits with the values yeah. of the company, fits with how we do things, by analyzing the response that is given to us. So it's going to give like criteria and say, you know, we'll give you a scorecard in telling you, you know, there's the 10 parameters that we're measuring. And this is the results that the AI says. And then you can see whether that matches with your perception of the person. And then maybe instead of, you know, spending time looking at 300 CVs, you, you can focus on 20 and then you're going to get better scoring. And at least it's an additional viewpoint that is working very, very well. So basically, they're, what they're trying to do is to identify the Jeff, Jeff Bezos that every company is hiring uh, before that person kind of actually goes, right? Uh, we have another one doing that also for financial planning and accounting. So yeah, it's, it's very, very interesting to see how they're being so creative in applying AI to solve actual problems that companies have. It's so exciting. This new frontier, I, I'm so excited about it. How does someone find Be Combinator? Like, how do you find these folks and how did you decide which ones to, to invest in? Well, after, you know, after, after this, we get around 100 leads every month. Okay. Which means, and we choose between three to six to join the program and we end up investing in one or two. Got out it. Of them, right. So basically one of the, one of the key things that we do is, I mean, we definitely, we need to talk to them. We're starting to use some AI to try to filter that because it's a lot of volume. But in addition to that, we don't only invest after they have completed the accelerate, the incubation or the acceleration program. So if I were to ask you, Mark, if, you know, the best way to make sure that someone actually, you want to work with someone, right? Probably you would say that one of the best ways would be if you could work with that person for two or three months without a pay, make sure that they actually deliver, right? Well, that's basically what we do with these companies. We work with them for three to six months. And then once we're convinced that they're the right fit, then we put money into them. Worst case, they learn something, they become better entrepreneurs, right? And, you know, but that, that's fine. So it's, it's this learning process and we, we continue to screw up, but we also continue to nail it down. How much of it is the, the people versus the idea? It's always the people first. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Because, you know, an a, an a team with a B idea will eventually figure it out. But if the team is not proficient, mature, they really know what they are getting themselves into, they're becoming entrepreneurs, right? Even if their idea is like the next Amazon, they won't be able to execute. Right. So we try, right. it, it, sometimes we get a B team with an A idea, but then we work with them very strongly. We have different pillars that we work with. One, the critical one is always team. So yep. we try to get the right people in the bus. Right people on the bus, in the right seats. 
which is important. Yes, that yes, exactly. But you know, initially there's the wrong people that if if the people is wrong, doesn't matter whether they are where they're sitting, right? So at least yes. we try to get the right people in the bus and then say, okay, you know, this should be the seats where they go. But again, remember, entrepreneurs, they run their business. You need to go with them. We can influence them. We can't make them do what we think should be done. And it's I always tell them, you know, don't pay attention to anything I tell you as a mentor. Just make whatever decision you want to make. Just if you go this way, these are the consequences that I'm seeing, both positive and negative. If you go that way, this is what I'm saying. But at the end of the day, it's your business. I need to trust your, your decision making. Huh. That's really interesting. How do you find the mentors? So mentors, so in many cases, they come from the investment community. So we do demo days once a month. And then we get, so business angels come, investors come, people in the industry come. So eventually, you know, it's word of mouth. So initially, many, many of them actually come from, from EO. So that was the, the seat mentor community was EO members from all over, many of them from Barcelona, of course, because that was kind of our network, right? But now it has grown and they come from all places in life. I love it. I love it. I'm, it must be a very purposeful thing to do to help mentor others. Tell me about your experiences at EO. I mean, you're very involved. How come? Why, why, why are you so involved with EO? So I joined EO after my co-founder in Polymira joined. So he joined in June and by Christmas time, he was like, you got to join EO. I'm having so much fun. I'm learning so much. This and this and this. And I was like, yeah, whatever. We're growing our business. I'm too busy. You know, classical, right? And then he came one day and he was like, we don't have a defined set of values for our company. We're, we're a very young company, right? And then he spent, he gathered everybody in the team in a room, took out a whiteboard and just repeated an exercise that he had gone through in a GLC training. Got it. And we came, you know, an hour, an hour later, we just had perfectly defined values that everybody kind of agreed to. And it was um, just fascinating, right? And I was like, dude, I mean, and this is, well, I just learned this in EO. GLC, right. you can join, whatever. So I joined January 2008. And I joined the board right away, which was kind of, you know, initially was, was kind of frightening because it's like, what, what on earth are we doing here? Right? I was just fresh. So that was, I was finance chair for two years. And then I became president for two years. And I always think that they picked me because I didn't campaign or anything, just because I was so passionate about it. So I went to GLCs. I had so much fun. I... I kind of identified so much with EO people, which is like, you know, learning, growing, no bullshit. I mean, people you can instantly trust because you know they, we share the same kind of values, right? Yeah. And the other thing is that I used to travel a lot internationally back in the day because we were opening up new markets and distributorship and everything. And every time I would travel somewhere, I'm traveling, I mean, internationally, States, Europe, Asia, everywhere. I would beforehand find out if there was an EO chapter in that city, and I would let them know I'd be around. And eight out of 10 times, someone would show up, someone from the board, some random member, whatever. We would have so much fun. We would talk about everything, right? So it gave me so much comfort that, you know, something I really, really encourage people to do is just experience the international aspect of EO because we're so busy with a business. We love our country, et cetera, but there's so much out there. There's universities. There's colleges, there's chapters out there, even even in the same your same country, right? If you're traveling, you know, you go to Chicago, New York, Tennessee, LA, whatever, there's 
adapted in every major city, right? So right. there's no reason why you can't expand that. But yeah, the international experience is something I absolutely recommend to people. I love it. I love it. So, so we're here sitting here on the podcast. We're talking AI. We're talking EO. Do you listen to podcasts? I listen to podcasts, yes. What are you listening to these days? So I, I listen a lot to the All In podcast. I love that. Love it. Yeah, 80% of the time is just great. The other 20 just fast forward, and that's fine too. But I, <laughs> what do you I fast absolutely... forward? So, so, you know, sometimes they get into, like, they, they got into something very specific to, like, San Francisco, something that's happening yeah. in San Francisco town. So they were talking about homeless people in San Francisco. So for the first five minutes, it was, oh, I didn't even know they had this problem. And then they start talking about the 17 different ways of fixing it. Who is to blame? Who's the mayor? Who's the governor? And it's like, I don't even know what the politics in California is. So well, it's just, so funny because all you know of what those, I mean? those people, the hosts of that podcast are like you, right? They're founders of incubators. They're VC people. They're mentors. They're, they're getting in there and, and teaching. And I learn a lot from those folks. They, when that whole banking crisis happened with uh, Silicon oh, Valley, they were spot on right. and totally explained what was happening. And yeah, I, I give them a lot of credit. Absolutely. Anything else that you're listening to? So I used to listen a lot to, uh, to Tim Ferriss podcast. Mm. And then it just got this too long yeah. for me. It's like sometimes it's like two hours, two and a half hours, which is fascinating conversation. But I don't know if maybe I've grown to choose like shorter type of uh, of podcasts. And then I'm I'm all the time I'm finding you know new podcasts. I listen to one or two chapters. I love listening to TED Talks as well. Mm -hmm. So which is you know different type of format and yeah, so I, I love that. I love hearing what other people are listening to too. I'm a big fan of All In, and I get my get my entertainment from Smartless every week too. From those those gentlemen, are really funny. So busy founder running an incubator, traveling back and forth to Barcelona. What do you do for fun when you have time? I, yeah, so I, I, I enjoy as much time as I can with my family. They have two kids, 13 and 17. Well, I shouldn't say kid. I have two teenagers. There's still yep. kids in my mind, of course. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, and we, we live in, in, uh, in, in an area very close to like hiking and lakes and stuff. So we'll try to go out in the outdoors as often as we can. So we go walking or, you know, now in, in wintertime, for instance, something we, I love doing is, uh, is trailblaze the trails right after a big storm, snowstorm. Yeah. Which is a great exercise. I don't know if you've tried that, but what you is it, what is it? Trailblaze? So trailblaze would mean, so, you know, you got a foot of snow, right? Yep. Then you will put on your snowshoes and we'll just go and step on the trail to make it again. The trailblazing, you know what I mean? So you're the one who's helping everybody else out. You're setting it up for everybody's, yeah. the rest of their hiking, right? You could look at it that way too, but it, it's also a great exercise for your legs. <laughs> because it's deep snow and you're working yeah. yourself. Got it, exactly. got it, got It's it. a great workout and then everybody else will you know, save that and just have the trail ready, right? So yeah, Blazed. I guess, I guess I'm, I'm doing something good too. Yes, you are. Yes, you are. You get the trimmers out there and you clip some of those low hangers and you're really, really helping people out. Nice. But I love it. You're a trailblazer. I love the, the symbolism to that as well. 
Well, I can't wait to see you again, my friends. I really want to say once again how much I appreciate you organizing that AI event. I learned a ton. I've brought it back. We're experimenting. We're instituting some things, but we're really excited to lean into this whole thing called AI. And I'm hoping to see you soon, folks. If you see this guy, thank him for for putting that together. But I look forward to seeing you. Are you going to go to the love languages learning? Yes. Yes, you are. Have you done the test? I have not. I have that pending, but I think I still have time. And I'm I'm bringing my wife too. Good. So I think that I think that's going to be very very exciting. It's going to be, and this may actually air. This may actually air after it. I am looking very much forward to it. It's a was a great book. I listened to it on Audible, and I did take the test. So Glenn and I are both the same. I interviewed Glenn and asked him about this too. It's the, he's physical touch and words of affirmation one and two, and I'm words of affirmation one and physical touch two. So I always joke, okay, we're going to, every time I see you, we're going to big hug and tell each other how great we're doing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm looking forward to seeing you again. I really, really appreciate you chatting with us today and, and sharing your knowledge and, and wisdom around this this new frontier. Really exciting. Yep. Likewise, Mark, thanks for setting this up. Thanks for your energy to move this. Yes, I wanted to remind people two things. One is if they they can just scan this code here and just join the community and see the recordings and all everything we, we do. And also is I'll be doing a, a follow-up AI event because there were so many questions cool. that I just didn't have time to complete it. So we're planning it for with Day Will at some point in 2024. So if you're in for more AI content, you and everybody listening in, we're going to have more. So stay tuned. So other than hitting the uh, QR code here, how would someone get in touch with you if they wanted to connect with you, Luis? Yeah, so probably the easiest is writing to my, so my email is uh, luis at becombinator.com. We can put that on the, on the show notes. Yeah. I'm on Twitter as well, at L.I. Cortez. And, you know, and I think most people in the chapter know me, so just kick hit me yeah, up with anything. Do. You're traveling to Barcelona. You're a man. You want to know anything about AI? I'll do my best as well. You want to talk about anything? Hit me up and we'll, we'll make it work. He's the best. And he's on LinkedIn, believe it or not. So you can connect with him there. So do so because Please he's do. an amazing guy. Amazing guy. Thank okay. you, my friend. I, I really appreciate you so, so much. I look forward to seeing you in the flesh and, and learning more with you. Thanks so much, Mark. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Well, thank you, folks. I learned something. I did. I always do, especially around this guy, Luis. But if you did and you thought of somebody, share this with them. Share this with anyone. Share this with everyone. Thank you all for listening. And we will see you next time on Leadership in Action, your Boston Chapter of EOs podcast. Hey, thanks for joining us today. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to subscribe on your platform of choice for a new episode each week and share this with everyone and anyone. If you have any questions or comments or have an idea for another guest, feel free to shoot me an email at mstyles at styles-law.com. That's M-S-T-I-L-E-S at styles-law.com. And if you are a real estate professional, be sure to check us out on our private exclusive Facebook page, The Real Estate School at 892 for content and Massachusetts continuing education opportunities. Be well, folks. This podcast is being provided for informational purposes only. The podcast is not a comprehensive overview of the subject and is not intended to provide legal or financial advice. 
or an endorsement of any product or business. The views expressed by podcast guests are their own, and their appearance on the podcast does not imply any endorsement of them or any entity they represent. Please seek legal, financial, or tax advice before taking any action on the matters or products discussed herein.